Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. All right, guys, welcome in TDN Fantasy. We're doing some video segments on Fridays, which we're really excited about. Thank you to our partners over at Mighty Swell because they are bringing you our live video content that we are producing now. And um, I will be having approximately five Mighty Swells today. I think that sounds about like the right number that I need at the end of this election week. In about it's eleven thirty nine. As we're recording this, uh, one o'clock seems like the about time where it's time to start digging into the mighty swells for the weekend. So excited about that. Excited to get into this week nine action and talk to you guys about some positive news, right? We've got positive Mm -hmm. injury updates. It feels like all we have had for a significant amount of time is this guy's out and this guy's out and this guy's out. Well, guess what? We got a big guy back this weekend in action, and that is Christian McCaffrey. My fantasy team, thanks you, Christian. I'm very excited to see you back in action. What are you guys' expectations for Christian McCaffrey? Because we thought two weeks ago about was kind of around the time we thought he might come back. Mike Davis was doing pretty good. The last couple of outings, as we've talked about on the podcast, haven't been great for Mike Davis. So, Jake, you first. What are you expecting from Christian? I expect him to pick up where he left off. As Christian freaking McCaffrey, the highest paid running back in the league. The offense has sputtered a little bit last couple weeks. They're not going down the field at all. I think that helps his fantasy value because I think Teddy's getting into this dinky dunky, which is perfect for getting him in space, getting him in the flat. Uh, I don't know how well he's going to run it between the tackles. That's my one concern is they haven't run it great the last couple weeks, but I expect him to be Christian McCaffrey, I mean, which is a floor of 20 points you know, with, with the chance to go higher than that. Yeah, I'm looking for a 50-point performance, Christian. I'm not going to lie. I'm really, I'm really hoping you can just come back in hot and just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm that dude, which would not surprise me, especially this Chiefs defense is definitely – it's good, but it's not great, and it's not, uh, not a defense I don't think that they can score points on. So, Jamie, what are your expectations? Are you normal like Jake, or are you on the hype train like me? Uh, I'm somewhere between like 15 and 50. That would be my expectation. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited for him this week. He's my RB three. Uh, let don't let the time off for you. Like, look, nobody's making a lineup decision where they're not putting McCaffrey in. I'm not pretending that, but don't let the time off let you forget about how great. I mean, just transcendent of a fantasy football player he's been for two plus years now. 
Uh, so I know he's probably not going to be 100%, but this is a matchup he still could take advantage of. It's not the greatest matchup, but he'll be fine. He should get you 20 points, like Jake said, uh, throwing him back in right away and hope he's fully healthy because it's been a brutal year for running backs. It seems to get even worse as we keep going. So it's nice to have a little bit of a positive news. We got Aaron Jones back on Thursday night. Now I'm going to get Christian McCaffrey back here on Sunday. Yeah, I really wish uh, Aaron Jones didn't get touchdown vultured a couple of times there, but uh, especially in, in the first half. But that's all good. It was good to see Aaron Jones out there. Good to see him healthy. My question for you guys, and then we'll move on from the McCaffrey news, is if you have Mike Davis, right, what do you do with him now? Like, I don't think there's any value there. And we've got a couple of questions to the TDN Fantasy Twitter account about whether or not there's going to be time allotment for Mike Davis. And I just really don't see a scenario where that happens. So I have both guys. I'll only be playing Christian McCaffrey. Like I'm not, I know he's projected for if you're on the sleeper app between like eight to 10 points. And I know that can get like, you get excited by the projections, but I just don't see a scenario in which Mike Davis is going to be carrying any part of the load here for this team. Do you guys? No, and I think that that projection will be down to like four or five points by the time we get to to Saturday or Sunday. If you have McCaffrey too, I think it is worth holding on to Davis as sort of a handcuff. I always like to kind of hold on to guys for the first couple weeks they come back from a major injury because we do see guys get re-injured or maybe they came back too soon or something else happens. And you don't want to drop Mike Davis this week and all of a sudden McCaffrey leaves the game in the third quarter and you go, what what did I just do? Uh, but no, I'm not starting him this week. Like he's, he's ranked at like the bottom part of, part of my like top 40 running backs. But right now that wouldn't be in the top 120 players. There are, there are probably 70 receivers I would play before. I'm not joking. Literally 70 wide receivers I might play before I get to Mike Davis and the, like the 40th running back on my chart right now. It's that bad. So don't play him this week. If you can hold on to him, I would hold on to him for a couple weeks. If McCaffrey is fine and you start to see two or three weeks down the road and you need that roster spot, then I would consider dropping him. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw him away right away because I want to see a gunning back from a major injury play a couple full games and be healthy before I throw away his handcuff. We've talked about this a little bit, right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey stayed extraordinarily healthy for his size and the amount of touches that he has for these couple of years. I think you learned your lesson. I think it's the perfect handcuff if you can afford to do it for the next two or three weeks because there's not a lot of guys. Maybe Alexander Madison, but he didn't do it when he stepped in. They can step in and get you what you got the first three or four weeks McCaffrey was out. I would definitely try to hang on to him for a little while. Three or four weeks ago, I said there might be a role for Mike Davis. Now his play has diminished over the last three. I think they're going to give it to Christian. One thing you know is he's in shape. Like he's going to come in. He can he can have 25 touches. It wouldn't surprise me if he has 10 catches. Uh, so I, But I would damn sure hang on to Mike Davis for a couple weeks if you can afford to do it. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up, guys, because I do know at – probably the halfway mark of the amount of time Christian McCaffrey was out. There was a thought process like, Oh, Mike Davis is showing something. Maybe there's a role for both of these guys. Obviously it hasn't been the same over the last couple of weeks. So just wanted to check in and see where you guys were headed in as, as a lot of people have this decision as they head into week nine. Next news we want to get into Antonio Brown, right? We've talked about it from a football perspective at nauseum. It is now time to discuss the fantasy impact of Antonio Brown. It is looking like Chris Godwin is going to play. So you're going to have your weapons out there, right? And so what does this look like, right? What does this look like? What is the upside for AB, especially knowing, obviously, this is a big matchup for this Bucks team, right? This is this is big brother. We've talked about him. They want to go in. They want to hit him in the mouth. Sunday night football, really excited for this football game. But specifically with Antonio Brown, Jake, what is the upside 
Like what, what do you see happening? What's the best case scenario for AB owners this week? And what's the worst case scenario? Best case eight for one twenty and two touchdowns. It's damn sure there. I, I think Chris, having Chris Godwin actually is better for AB's fantasy value. They're playing the saints. Saints stopped the run pretty well, but everybody's lit them up and they've lit them up with their secondary options down the field. Tom Brady and A.B. are going to have chemistry. He knows the offense. He looks phenomenal. You know he's in shape. B.A. was talking about if he's going to play 10 plays or 35. He's going to play closer to 35 because they're going to throw it probably 45 times this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette's look really good in the backfield in that shotgun role. He picks up the blitz really well, something nobody talks about. It's one of the reasons he's back there over Shady. All that says they're going to throw a lot. And A.B. can make him move him all over the place. And you already have comfortability in the offense with Byron, with B.A., with Tom. Uh, I think the sky's the limit. The floor, three for 31. Yeah. 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 I don't – because you don't know if with Chris's finger, if Chris is a decoy or if they're actually going to throw it and Chris makes a catch. Apparently he caught it pretty well today. Uh, we'll see, but I have a weird feeling on Sunday Night Football with this matchup and A.B. News, he has a game-winning touchdown. I just feel like he's getting in the end zone. That, there's no analysis for this other than a gut feeling. Uh, but I think he bursts on the scene big time, and the excitement of the Bucks offense is overboard by the time we're talking about this on Overreaction Monday. Jamie? Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be dangerously close to me falling into a narrative here and not analysis, but I just I can't shake the feeling that the biggest proponent of Antonio Brown for probably the last year and a half has been Tom Brady. Pushed and pushed and pushed, wanted Antonio Brown on the Bucks in the preseason, was told no. Finally, that the, the front office coaching staff caved in when they saw, like, okay, as our Super Bowl contender where all these guys are hurt, we need the insurance. Nobody wants to prove that decision right more than Tom Brady. And I think there might even be a point where Tom Brady wants to make a point to show that not only can Antonio Brown play, but it was the best decision to bring him in and they're going to have success together. He is going to look for him. Uh, I've seen a lack of, maybe not lack of confidence, but maybe a, a little bit of a lack of trust with other receivers on that roster that aren't Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski because he doesn't have a long history with them. Doesn't have a long history with AB as well, but they have a personal connection. The guy's living with him. Yeah. He, he pushed to bring him into New England last year. So I think this is going to be love. Let me prove you right. And oh, by the way, Antonio Brown is uber talented as well. It's not like he's bringing some dude off the street that doesn't know how to ball either. So I think that combination tells me that He's going to be involved. It might not be, you know, 10 catches, but he's going to be involved and Brady's going to look his way. And I'm going to take my chances against what this New Orleans secondary has been giving. And the fact that with the Bucs having all their weapons, I mean, who's going to be covering both? Like who's covering Godwin and Antonio Brown inside? Good luck. Who, who, who's doing it? I think one thing to know here, Jamie, it's a great point. Are they going to play man like they like to do? Because if, a, if you're playing AB singled up man, yeah. he's killing you. But so is Mike and so is Chris and so is Gronk. I think they have to play zone, which could open up the running game a little bit. But you're also talking about really savvy guys with Tom Brady. If you're going to play zone and you're going to rush four, you better get there. Uh, it'll be really interesting. But you're still talking. I think we forget how good Antonio, how great Antonio Brown has been in this career. For sure. Like, I think it really gets overlooked. And so you start putting the numbers up. Like they put the numbers mm -hmm. up this morning on Good Morning Football about Devontae Adams and the touchdowns. And Mike Evans was second. AB was fifth and he ain't played in two years. I know. <laughs> like, that is insane. And it was like since 2016, I think, was, was the stat. That's yeah. crazy that he was fifth on that list and hasn't played in two years. Like, we forget how dynamic he can be because we haven't seen it. I can't wait to see it. 
Uh, I'm excited either way, but I, I have a feeling this this Bucks offense can finally keep all these guys together. This second half of the season could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's why I have a I have AB ranked as a flex play this week. He's my wide receiver 26. He'll probably drop to 27 because I didn't have Godwin ranked. So I will rank Godwin by the end of the show. And so he'll be in that like wide receiver 27, 28 range, Will Antonio Brown. I'm starting him in a couple of leagues this week at a flex spot. I have a couple of leagues with two flexes. I'm starting him with some confidence. I get that he's going to probably be more limited snap count wise than he will be two or three weeks from now. I understand that that's, and that maybe is the one risk to his production that his, his production per snap might be as good as ever, but he might not play as many snaps, but I'm going to take a chance this week. I, I think he could have, like Jake said, I, I think this is going to be a big week. Like Tom Brady doesn't like to be wrong. I, and, and I just, when you've pushed and pushed and pushed, like maybe, you know, we talk on the show a lot about making real life examples. Maybe you're you're a boss at your job, or you pushed, I or you know a coworker, and you say, "I really want to bring on my friend. Please bring them on." You will do everything in your power when that happens, and when management finally caves in and says yes, to put that person in the best chance to succeed for them and to prove you right. Well, guess what? Tom Brady's gonna have the ball in his hands. He's gonna make that decision of where that ball goes all game. I think he's gonna try to make sure AB gets involved and gets operating in this offense. I'm gonna take a chance on it. It's a little like, risky, and let's hope that's not to a detriment that Tom's going to yes. make that happen. Because it's a must-win. It's a huge game for like, overarching. It's a humongous game for these two teams. I don't envision there's – and I was on with the guys that do the Loose Cannons YouTube account, and they're, I, I told them I'd give them a shout-out on the TDN Fantasy account, so I'm giving them a shout-out. They're great dudes. They're super funny. And I think this is this is I, I I told him I said don't fall in love with what you want to happen. Fall in love with what you know. Like sit back and understand that as much as Tom Brady, like they're like, is it a Mike Evans game? Is it? I go, guys. The thing you have to realize about your quarterback is the best thing about him. He's a very very smart quarterback, and he's going to make good decisions for the football team. He's not going to force it. He's not going to make it a Mike Evans game. He's not going to make it in this game. He's going to do what he is given. And I do think like, yes, I totally agree that he wants this to work out with AB, but I think the part of it that he needs to have it work out with is the part of it that he's already controlling. AB's living in his house, okay? He knows who AB the football player is. Nobody has any issues with that. It's AB the person that Tom needs to prove correctly. So he's taking care of that by going, I'm not going to allow for this to get out of control. You have to live in my house. Like that is the, that is him controlling this situation. AB so the football. The ball. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, I think, guess what? They're probably playing catch in the backyard. They're probably like, I, I, this is a risk because we haven't seen it yet, but it hasn't been that long since we saw Tom with AB in New England, right? This isn't, this isn't Josh Gordon, right? Like this is a totally, like this is, we haven't, it wasn't that long ago. To play right? a little bit of devil's advocate, he forced the ball to AB in the first half of that game and it was ugly. Now he ended up with like 118 and a touchdown and looked really good. I think the first play of the game was like a 17 yarder to AB, but there was some bad throws, some miscommunication. Like, but he didn't have anybody devil's else. advocate. No, he didn't. But he didn't have, he, yeah. He really didn't. Yeah, that, on, um, like, that was it. And the best thing Tom's doing right now is taking what the defense gives you. Yes. And when you have this many guys that can make plays and Gronk looking like Gronk's looking, that's it's going to be fine. Like Tom's going to just take what the defense gives him. And one of these guys is probably going to have, probably two of them have a monster week. Yeah. Yeah. You just, good luck picking. 
right? Like it's it's good luck picking who's gonna scheme, who's gonna get schemed up to be open, and any of them can break out at any moment in time. But you're not sitting any of those guys. You're not sitting Chris Godwin. You're not sitting Mike Evans. You're not sitting any of these players. And to me, I think collectively across the board, the question is. Do you have faith enough in Antonio Brown to start him in football in fantasy this week? And I think collectively the answer is yes. Correct? Especially, yes. And especially if you're starting him in a flex. Like if he gets yeah. you five for 68, you're fine in a PPR. It's a win. That's, that's, not, that's not ideal. It's not best case scenario, but that, that'll get you by in a flex spot. So you don't need him to do exactly. Now, if he pulls off what he did against Miami last year in the one game with Brady, you're thrilled. But you don't need him to have 100 yards and two touchdowns in order for this to be a big start for you. The yeah. best part no, is the, the upside is bigger than what he did in Miami last year. Oh, yeah. absolutely it is. Right? For sure. And that's, I don't know that there's a guy that has that kind of boom or bust. Like, not that the bust. I, th- I think really the minimum is like you're talking three or four catches regardless. They want to get the ball in his hands. They want to get him back acclimated to football. Like, he's going to have a few catches. His catch ability, who knows what happens. But I don't know that there's anybody. else like a Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson kind of thing. We didn't know if he was going to get the one or two. But he might have four for 150 and two touchdowns. Like AB is going to, I think, especially over the next couple of weeks, I think the volume he's going to be getting seven, eight touches a week, regardless. All right, guys, we got four this or that situations, meaning start or sit. So you got to pick one of the two. Quick hitting, wanted to go fast and give me your initial gut reaction. So don't overthink it. I want you to give me your first response. So the first one is Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins, Jamie first. Too, too um, long. Kirk Cousins. I know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're right next to each other in my rankings this week. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is a safer bet. Okay. But Jake, Cam you gets agree? To play a, a JV team this week. Yeah, I agree. You're you're 100 touchdown dependent on Cam running it, which could happen. It probably will happen, but I'm not. I don't feel comfortable with that. Kirk. Good. Okay. Talk, Jamie talked about that. Kirk Cousins' record against the Lions is better than Trubisky's, and Trubisky's was like ridiculous. Yep, 4-0 since he's been uh, starting quarterback in Minnesota. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions last three games for Kirk Cousins against Detroit. Yeah, and obviously Matthew Stafford on the COVID list, so I think this is uh, going to be a scenario where you have you feel pretty confident with with where you sit right now for Kirk Cousins, and they played a much better game. You saw a, a very good version of this football team last week against the Green Bay Packers, and the Lions are not the Packers, I can assure you of that. So I think this is um, – as it's bad as the Packers defense is, the Lions are worse. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's because, you know, there's a lot of question marks about Matt Patricia. Uh, before we turn this into an NFC North podcast, Philip Lindsay or Zach Moss? Jake first. Philip Lindsay. Jamie? Philip Lindsay. Ooh, okay. A little bit active, uh, according to the recent reports, just before we started recording this. Oh, Philip Lindsay's it. been the more explosive running back in Denver. You're that mean with the guy. Yeah, like you know that meme where the guy's sitting at the table with the sign that everybody puts on, like you know, and has a take yeah. and yeah. convince me otherwise. That's what it is. Like Philip Lindsay, I love you know if you've listened to the show for two years, how much I love Melvin Gordon. But Philip Lindsay has been a better player, more explosive player per touch for Denver this year than Melvin Gordon, and he's going to Phil- get more work. And it's Atlanta. Listen, One of Philip Lindsay, most insane stats by the way. Sorry to cut you off. Man. No, go Lincoln ahead. He has never fumbled. He's a freak. At the size he is, the speed and the physicality he runs at, he's never had a fumble. Like that is like people that have watched this game for a long time. That's unfathomable. I think this goes all the way back to college. I think he had one in college. Yeah, yeah like one his like freshman year or something. It is like, insane. This dude is tiny. He runs four three, head on into a freaking brick wall all the time. <sighs> never had a fluky thing happen. 
it's crazy, man. I mean, that's I, this kid. He's, by the way, he's still averaging like six yards a carry. Yeah, yeah. He he is the thing that everybody in the fantasy community has wanted to put away that just will not go away. When Philip Lindsay's out there, he's going to play hard enough to make it that even Royce Freeman or Melvin Gordon or whoever the hell you want to make a thing, Philip Lindsay's just going to outplay them. That's just what it is. He plays really, really hard. And dear God, that is an insane stat that he's never fumbled the football. Like that's like, I remember seeing that and talking to you guys about that forever ago, but can you give Chris Carson some lessons? Can you give Can you give some Ezekiel Elliott? He could use some lessons too. There There have been some fumbling. A, fumbling it's a natural. Issues. There's There's something a knack that he has because the ball is not coming out. Yeah, he's just. But th- those I, guys are big, physical. This dude is tiny. I know. Like, he I mean, it doesn't make sense. Normal running back. He's that two ten, like a little bowling ball, where it's just tucked in. He's flying and he stands pretty upright. Like it's he's, it's shy. It's, it's phenomenal. I think it's like we're talking almost five hundred touches now. Yeah, he's got to have he's got to have played keep away a lot as a kid. That's that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. He just played keep away a lot. He's got bigger brothers who are just trying to get the ball from him all the time, and he just learned it was just a defense mechanism that he built up over time. So I, I would really love to hear about that, Philip Lindsay. If you tell me what actually happened, uh, Nelson Aguilar or Tim Patrick, Jamie, who are you starting? Who's playing the Falcons? <laughs> Is that going to be your answer forever? Like you're just going to go, well, who's the matchup against the Falcons? Because that sounds pretty good. It's been Tim pretty Patrick. good so far. It's Tim Patrick. He he is the big play threat there. He has been there. He's their wide receiver one when he's healthy. Judy's been getting better, but Patrick's their wide receiver one when getting healthy. Uh, I, I love him in this matchup. All right, Jake. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I to play devil's advocate. Aguilar's been good, but you're only talking about two or three, four touches a game. I, I think Tim Patrick's you're looking, you're looking at seven, eight, nine, and they're going to be in a shootout. Both of them. All right, guys. All right. Last one, Logan Thomas or Hunter Henry. Jamie, you gave me this one, and I, I like I like that you're uh, taking shots at Hunter Henry, who's been living off name value. I said it. So I'm going to go with Logan, uh, with Logan Thomas in this one, and I just want to read you about Hunter Henry. They're one spot apart in my rankings, but uh, Henry is just averaging 3.3 catches and 7.7 fantasy points per game in his last four. This is from my start sit column because he was a sit for me this week. He's not a. It's more of a. He's not a must start anymore. I keep. I see him ranked in the top seven or eight all the time now. He hasn't been that player. Like he. He and Herbert have not developed the same type of chemistry that Herbert has had. Well, a with Keenan Allen, which I never would have expected because Keenan Allen's a monster. But like even with Mike Williams or Darnell Parnham, who was winning me XFL DFS games not too long ago, and like all these like Jared Guyton and all these other players, it just it, Henry has not been. He's been healthy, but he hasn't been a dynamic part of this offense. It, this is more of a he's not a must start anymore. I'm not saying you necessarily run out and drop him, but you have conversations now each week. He's not somebody you just put in. You're like, well, I'm going to ride Hunter Henry and see what happens. He's now in that streaming territory for me. Yeah, I think the reality is, guys, we got used to the longevity of Philip Rivers' career with multiple tight ends, including Hunter Henry, who you knew what you could expect because that was just such a big focal point for Philip Rivers. And yeah, obviously, we we thought we were going to get Tyrod Taylor. We ended up getting Justin Herbert. It's now Justin Herbert's job, and that that just hasn't that chemistry is not built up. So it's I don't think you can expect what the the old lens the old lens was was Philip Rivers. 
That's that's not Justin Herbert. It's a totally he can hit all those throws down the field. He likes airing it out with Mike Williams. Like Mike Williams is probably so happy because he can now make these catches and do these things and Keenan Allen in the same way because Phil was deteriorating over the last few years, especially last year. So I think this he is also didn't like getting hit and the offensive line was awful. So his also, intermediate stuff was I'm getting rid of it. I know where my tight end is gonna be. You're probably playing zone. I got I can throw it out there and it's not gonna get picked. Herbert offensive line is playing better he's standing in the pocket and has the ability to throw it down to get out your point not even to get out he'll stand in the pocket take it in the face and deliver one 60 yards down the field we've seen it 10 times now yeah it's either really short or a little really long because he'll hold it longer and this offensive line is playing better so you're exactly right this is the this is the philip rivers effect that we had for so long going all the way back to antonio gates whoever that tight end is we feel comfortable with it's a great point jamie and i'm riding with the the hokey and uh, logan thomas as well yeah, Logan Thomas. I'm starting him in a league too that I've had some issues with uh, Austin Hooper and other guys that have been out. So I think this is uh, this is going to be a guy I'm pretty excited to start this week. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that are doing the same thing. All right, rapid fire. We're going through. We're adding in a new segment for all of our gamblers because we're we we just want to give to the people. Okay, we want to give to the people. <laughs> we want to help you make money. If you haven't seen our against the spread show, that's where we're picking out certain games. Right, we're not going game by game like we've done on our podcast. We're giving you certain games that we like that fit a category of underdog or our sleeper, like our locks, like things that we traditionally have given you. So you should check that out. You can find that on social. You can find that on our YouTube channel and and definitely check that out on this segment. Specifically, we're going to go game by game. I'm going to give you guys the lines and I'm going to keep a clock. You're each going to have 30 seconds to give me why you are picking that game one way or the other. This is not fantasy related. This is strictly gambling. We are on betonline.ag. That is where we get all of our lines as usual. We will kick things off here, guys, with the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. As of right now, BetOnline has the Seattle Seahawks minus three. Jake, your 30 seconds. Go ahead. Seahawks 30-24-10-0 in their last East Coast games. Doesn't matter if it's early. Doesn't matter if it's late. Russell Wilson's playing better. Buffalo's defense has really stopped, struggled to stop the run. I don't expect Seattle to do a ton. I think they'll do it enough to keep them honest and play action off of it. They'll hit some big plays. Jamie? Uh, Seattle has two ride receivers that are really damn good, and Buffalo hasn't been able to cover more than one. And that's going to be the difference in this game in the end. I think Seattle overall has been playing better football the last month than Buffalo has. Uh, This is going to be a very interesting game to watch. But as Jake said, Seattle's been very good on the West Coast. I think they have enough offense to pull it off because I don't have any confidence in either defense. So I'm going to lean to Russell Wilson in this game. Excellent job, guys. Under a minute. I think we're going to do do a, a good job here. All right, next one. Denver Broncos going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a four-point favorite. Jamie, this time you get to go first. The clock has started. Go ahead. Don't love this one, but I'm going to take the Falcons to cover at home. They're looking a little bit better lately, even without Calvin Ridley likely for this game. Uh, I like what Matt Ryan's been able to do. Julio Jones should have a big game. I still don't fully buy into Drew Locke yet. I know he had that great run late in the game, but he also was the same player in the first half of the game where he was dreadful. Uh, So I'm going to think the Falcons will take – a little bit of the edge here at home by four points, but I don't love it. This is one of my stayaways. Jamie or Jake? Yeah, this was my stay away of the week. I'm going to take the Falcons as well, 28-23. I think they get it done. I don't know which Broncos team I'm getting. Halfway through that game last week, they look like the Broncos from the last month, and then they come roaring back. But the, the Chargers give that up to everybody every week, so I don't really know. This Falcons defense has got awful, but Matt Ryan at home, Julio Jones healthy, whether Ridley plays or not. 
I'll take them to cover, but I don't like it. This was my stay away. All right, next one. The Chicago Bears going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Jake, you get to go first on this one. Go ahead. I'm going to go with the Titans 27-23. I don't think they cover the points. Their offense and Ryan Tannehill is playing pretty well. Last week aside, losing that game to the Bengals, but their defense is not good. I think this is kind of the get-right week for the Chicago Bears offense if they can pull it off. They need to run it. They need to play action off of it. They need to get to doing something other than they've done the last month because it's been awful. But that Chicago defense keeps every game close. I cannot fathom a way that Derrick Henry has a monster game and the Titans jump out and blow them out. To me, this one's a pretty easy one that the Bears get the points here. I agree. I think Titans win, but Bears cover. This would be a really close game. The Titans really, I mean, that that way they performed last week really left a sour taste in my mouth. That's a performance we haven't seen from this team in more than a year. Like that was stuff we were seeing with Marcus Mariota uh, at the helm here. Chicago's defense is excellent. They're still not getting enough attention. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. And if they can do anything on offense, this defense is allowing points in bunches. Yeah. All right, guys. Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. We talked about this one on against the spread. It was a pick 'em. Now Baltimore minus one on bet online. Jamie, go ahead. I'm going to take the Ravens here. Uh, I just, to me, I still have a lot of questions about this Colts team. Uh, they're still they're good, but the running back situation is a little bit banged up. T.Y. Hilton might not play. Rivers is going to get the hell blitzed out of him. I don't think he's not going to do well under pressure and doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball. I think this is a big bounce back week for the Ravens, even though I do have some concerns about their offensive line. Now they're secondary with Marlon Humphrey out. If they would have won last week, this was a classic letdown game, but I don't think they're going to lose two in a row here. Yeah, that's a great point, Jamie. Lamar Jackson coming off, basically getting embarrassed. All these questions nationally. Can he win a big game? Hasn't beat Steelers. That was his first time against Ben. I'll take superstars when they get embarrassed any day. You guys know that. I like this Colts team, but I still don't know what I'm getting. I'm going to take the superstar and, and the it's got to cover one. And I liked it when it was three. I love it at one or a pick them. All right, guys. Next game, bigger point spread here between the Carolina Panthers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Carolina going on the road to play Patrick Mahomes. Chris McCaffrey back. Chiefs minus 10 and a half. Jamie, go ahead. Uh, I would recommend waiting on this line. I bet you some McCaffrey news when some casual betters get on this, it'll take this down under 10. But I'm still going to take the Chiefs. Uh, I think they might have a chance of getting Sammy Watkins back this week. They should have their way running the ball on this Carolina team. And ultimately, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater and company can keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I think it's as simple as that. Chiefs win this game big. Yeah, God, I originally wrote down 34-24, and I still think Carolina's going to move the ball. I think they're going to put some points up. Kansas City is just too damn explosive when they need to be. So why I like it at 10, if it drops to 8 or 9, then I, I'm definitely taking Kansas City. If i got to pick right now, 10 and a half, I'll, I'll bump my score so the Chiefs cover that. I just think they're too explosive when they need to be, and they don't take the foot off the gas. So even if they're up running late, they're still going to play action off of that. Patrick Mahomes will adjust and do something just to score again late. I just think they're too explosive. All right, guys, Texans going on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Texans are a road favorite by a touchdown. Jake, you first. I got the Texans 31-23. Uh, they played a couple weeks ago. Jacksonville moved it a little bit but couldn't score a ton. Deshaun Watson has played better over the last month. He seems to be seeing things a little bit different. The Bill O'Brien effect has carried over for more than one week. Um, Will Fuller not getting traded, I think, was big for, for Deshaun Watson, having those guys. They now had – all three of those guys, Weapons, uh, Stills, Cobb, Fuller. I think David Johnson has a big week. I think they cover that. Uh, Jake Lett needs more than seven points. Next. <laughs> 
New York Giants going on the road to play the Washington football team. The Washington football team is a one-point favorite. Jamie, you first. So this might be the only game Jake and I disagree of a winner in this matchup. We might disagree on the spread, but I'm going to take Washington in this game minus one. I like that they're coming off the bye versus Giants playing off of a short week. I loved what I saw from Antonio Gibson heading into the bye. I think they're going to have a lot of success running the ball on the ground. McLaurin being named a team captain, well-deserved, and is going to have a lot of success. Uh, I know the Giants fight you, but to me, it's one point. You're just picking a winner here. I think Washington has just enough to get it done at home. Yeah, I think the Giants, it's, I think it's a three-point game either way. I can definitely see Washington get it done, but they haven't done it. Neither are the Giants, but they seem to be building a little bit more of a culture. That defense is overrated. They've been in every game in the fourth quarter within one score. They just need the ball to bounce their direction or for their quarterback not to turn it over. I can't believe I'm going to take that bet because Danny Dimes turns it over every week. But I'll ride with the Giants and uh, win him by four here. Listen, Danny Dimes can probably have a turnover and they could still win. He just turns over the ball a lot. So maybe just multiple turnovers is is what you got to avoid. But I do think this is the NFC least. Yes, this game, fun game. This game yeah. came down to a, a failed two-point conversion to win the game. Last time these two teams played a few weeks back, if you remember. So Yeah, it was a good game. This, this is going to be a, a really fun, good game. more fun game than the records indicate. Yeah, it's. Uh, I actually prefer watching these two teams in the NFC East, which feels very strange. If you had asked me that going into the year, I would have probably told you that was insanity. But at this point in time, no Dak, the way Carson's playing in that Philadelphia team. It's kind of more fun to watch these two teams at this point. Um, more storylines, more headlines mm-hmm. coming out. At least something, right? Narratives yeah. to pay attention well, to. And life's something. about managing expectations. And I think our expectations for this Giants and Washington team are kind of in line versus Dallas yes. and Philadelphia are just disappointments and just abysmal every time you watch them. Yep, 100%. All right, next game, a really good game that I'm also excited about. Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to play the LA Chargers. It is a pick em. We've talked about this, but it bears, it has to be reminded. The Chargers have had three 17-point leads that they have squandered. I feel like I need to tell everybody that is thinking about gambling on this game that you can never feel safe if you are taking the Chargers because that is insanity. And that is not like the last five years. That's this season, 17 points. They lost the football game. Jake, what do you think is happening here? I'm going to ride with the Raiders 31-27. I think they get it done. Their offense is playing really well. Uh, they go on longer, more sustained drives than anybody in the league. Derek Carr on third down has been amazing, but he is pushing the ball down the field. Aguilar has become a deep threat. Ruggs is back healthy. Waller, you can't stop. Jacobs got back on the train last week in terrible weather in Cleveland. Now, their secondary is banged up, but they go on such long drives. They keep the ball away from Herbert here. Uh, I think Herbert plays really well. I think he has a big week because he's going to have to. But I think the Raiders control the clock. I think they control the game. Yep. Headline is going to be once again, Herbert throws three touchdowns, Chargers lose. Like that. That's what I feel like in this matchup every time. Uh, the weather was so bad in Cleveland, people are underrating this Las Vegas Raiders offense. Carr's going to go down the field. Looks like they might have Damon Arnett back, which would be a little bit of a boost to that secondary that I'm excited about. Jacob should run the ball very effectively. I love what Aguilar has been doing. The combination of Aguilar and, and Darren Waller, Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll start to use Henry Ruggs more like we thought as a more horizontal field stretcher than vertical. And I think their offense would be in such a such better place if that happens. But I like the Raiders in this game. Herbert's going to get his, but I just don't trust his Chargers defense. All right, guys, three more games to get into in the Sunday slate. The Pittsburgh Steelers, this is the biggest point spread of the weekend. They are a two-touchdown, 14-point favorite against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Jake? What do you think is going to happen in this one? I wrote down 31-17, so I'm right on the line. I'll take the Steelers to cover that. That defense is too good. Look, even if they're up and they're resting guys, they still got to play guys, and they still got to play the same scheme. They're going to blitz the crap out of them. 
Dallas' offensive line is awful. Zeke's got a little bit of a hamstring. I don't give a damn who's playing quarterback for him. You've never heard of him. You don't know anything about him. They're not any good at this point. And Dallas's defense got awful. I think Pittsburgh's going to try a bunch of stuff. I think a bunch of guys get involved. I think James Conner has a big week. I think they cover that. Whether they want to or not, I think that they just <laughs> they just they just do. Yeah, I mean they might they might score enough defensive scores in this game where it doesn't matter. Uh, Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert. Kellen Moore, the ghost of Quincy Carter, who's definitely <laughs> alive. I, I don't care who they're throwing out there in this game. They need more than 14 points. Like, this is just mm. – this, this, the only thing that will hurt you is if this game goes above 14 on the spread and you worry about getting backdoored when Pittsburgh just stops playing midway through the third quarter. But I just – I th- this is a, the biggest mismatch on both sides of the ball I've seen all season probably, given what the state of these two teams right now. I don't think this is a letdown game for Pittsburgh. They should roll in this matchup and stay undefeated. If no, you know it's anything still... about Mike Tomlin and that defense, and look, when guys see blood, the T.J. Watts and the Duprees that are playing for Defensive Player of the Year and sack numbers, and this defense only knows one way to play. And the great thing about the NFL is you only starting, you only have forty-five guys dressed, so you could take a couple guys out. But now you got guys that don't normally get to play, and they're hungry. I can't, yep. I, just, I can't see that backdoor thing happening from Dallas. I just, they're going to try, and they have the weapons on the outside. That's not how they're going to get them the ball. Yeah, you can't uh, you you can't tell me that they still can't get up for Dallas, right? Like it's it's still the name value. It's still you're going to the star. You're going to play Jerry. They're still going to be on national TV. They're going to be the Fox game of the week. It's still going to be all that shenanigans. I'll you're tell you what, Paige, all yeah, that. Two thousand, I think it was two thousand ten. Might have been two thousand eight. Pittsburgh plays in Dallas and they take it over. Terrible town. If this a non COVID world, this place oh, would yeah. be yellow. Oh, yeah. and nuts. In Dallas, everybody be selling their tickets. And Jerry, this would be the biggest embarrassment to the Cowboys ever because it might be half and half. But they, we're not, we're not have, in that world. There'll still be a ton of Steelers fans there. Yeah, they're, they, I can't remember what they're doing COVID capacity-wise. I think it might be 20%. If that's the case, it's probably going to be 17% Steeler fans, I have a feeling. I, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Dallas fans in there. I think they've had enough of hitting the face palm action during these games. Miami Dolphins going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. This one's intriguing to me, right? I think if, if we had Fitzmagic... I think it might look a little different, but this defense in Miami is sneaky good, right? We've talked about it. So, Jamie, you first. What's going to happen? Sneaky good, a sneaky fun game this is going to be. I'm really excited to kind of get to dial in on this once the Steelers get up like 28 on Dallas and we can really start to focus on the other two games in this window. But uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover here. I say it a little bit hesitantly, and the only reason why is I really like what Miami's done when Xavier Howard's been healthy, and they've had him and Byron Jones in that secondary, and how multiple Miami Stevens has been can confuse teams, and we haven't seen Kyler Murray play quite at the level I think people believe he's playing at this year. But I have no idea that we're going to get anything worthwhile from Tua in this matchup in his first road start, especially coming off of what we saw last week. They're best running back is now out miles gaskin so now they're going to be running a combination of maybe, maybe jordan howard maybe patrick laird Breida may or may not play they're pulling guys off the practice squad that means they're going to have to rely on tour to put up points in this game and i'm not ready to believe that he can do that against the secondary the way they're playing right now so i'm gonna take the cardinals to cover here at home i'm gonna take the cardinals to cover as well 28 23 their defense is not a top 10 but it's a lot better than we talked about earlier they are playing better they're going to blitz to a bunch one thing Vance Joseph hasn't done a lot of late in last year and early in this season was blitz. They've been bringing the heat the last couple of weeks. Uh, Patrick Peterson playing better the last few weeks. 
they're going to be without Byron Murphy and Devin Kennard. This is like the COVID game. Now, my, now Miami's got some issues with an assistant coach getting it. I don't actually know what we're going to get, but the biggest question mark is what Miami did at quarterback. If Fitz is playing this game, even with the lack of weapons, I feel pretty good that it's going to be really, really close. I have I, I didn't see anything from Tua that made me think they're going to put up 23 that I've got them written down at. I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover. I don't love it either because there's a big question mark. Miami's defense been really, really good. A lot of zero Legit. cover blitzes that Tua hasn't seen or that Kyler hasn't seen. I think this will be really interesting. Cardinals offense, I think, takes a little while to get going. All right, guys, last game to get into. Jake will not be making a pick. Only Jamie will pick this game. That is the New Orleans Saints going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Saints right now on betonline.ag. Jamie, what's going to happen here? Uh, I'm excited that I got two more free extra points since the last time I looked. Uh, the Saints were six-and-a-half-point favorites last I looked. Uh, excuse me, the Bucs were six-and-a-half-point favorites last. I'm taking the Bucs in this game. Uh, I, I don't. I love the way that they're they're playing right now offensively. I know they had some struggles against New York, but they're going to be up for this game. They were up for this game in week one, and if things weren't so eh early in that game, they probably come back and win that game. Now they're at home. Uh, I, I you're going to have Chris Godwin, which I was not expecting. That that's a nice little bonus, at least in some capacity. It looks like having AB up for this game. Uh, I just I think their offense is just on a roll right now, and they have too many weapons. New Orleans' defense scares me. I'm not as worried about you know Michael Thomas coming back. It's going to be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be a huge factor like, enough to swing it two two plus points in, in the in the rankings here. Look, and look, the thing that they're going to take away from you is Alvin Kamara. He's going to catch plenty of passes. He'll get a lot of the dump-offs. He's still going to be a great fantasy option for you, as he always is. But they're going to limit the run, and they're going to force Drew Brees to be one-dimensional, and he has been a subpar quarterback on the road so far this year. He wasn't great in that first game against them, and they still got it done. Uh, I like Tampa Bay in this game to win and cover. I, I will take Jake's uh, part since he's not picking this game. I am also going to pick the Buccaneers. I would have liked it at six and a half, as you said, Jamie, instead of four and a half where it is now. Maybe it's I, – I can't describe the confidence level that I have, but there's a part of me that the Giants game actually scripted this better for this game than, I, than, than a blowout, right? I think the fact that it was a really, really close game – leaves this as an opportunity to really have a statement moment because they didn't do that on Monday Night Football. They left with, you barely beat the Giants and y'all couldn't take care of Danny Dimes and they're not at the top. Tom's not at the top of the MVP race anymore and they don't have the top of the rankings anymore. That sits perfectly for this matchup where you're facing big brother. And I think this is the knockout punch that you're looking for because quite frankly, this team is just better in all facets across the board, defensively, quarterback, running back position, the weapons they have, and they're at home. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans that are excited because there is going to be limited capacity at Raymond James. They called it the most excited they've been in a decade for a football game. I love that. I love that, the energy, the passion. I think you're going to see that from Tom. I think you're going to see a Gronk spike, and I think they're going to win this game. I picked it 30-20 to on the Loose Cannon show, and I'm sticking with it. I think they win by 10 and cover. So I'm excited for that for sure. If you go back to that first game, Tom throws a pick six. They started yeah. every offense, started every drive inside their own 25. 25, every single drive. Like the game flow was so weird that they sustained mm-hmm. drives for that long to have to put up those kind of numbers when you throw a pick six. Uh, th- that alone makes this a lot closer, regardless of how much. No Fournette in the first one, no AB in the first one, a team that didn't know what they were doing. Uh, it, it's, it's, but that step up to it. 
Yeah, no penalties, right? I think that's what you're going to look in this game. You're going to go, this team plays a clean game, does not beat themselves, and it could get ugly for the Saints. That's how I feel about it. If they, one if they play clean. One other thing to note is Ali, Ali Marpet is going to be out of this game, it looks like, with concussion, is maybe the best guard in football right now. Uh, the Bucks, Jason Light, again, the under-the-radar stuff. Joe Haig, they, they've got mm-hmm. an AQ Shipley. They can actually move Jensen over to guard. They can play AQ. They can move. They've got depth along this offensive line they haven't had to use yet. It's a big loss. But oh yeah, that's the little stuff you do in the offseason as GM that helps you get over the hump to win a Super Bowl. Allie will be back, and you got to have that one veteran guy fill in. I feel phenomenal regardless of, of which guy they plug in there. But it is a big loss. Yeah, big loss. But like you said, uh, that's what separates the really, really good GMs from the ones who are just average. You're making moves and doing things behind the scenes that people aren't really necessarily paying attention to because it's not maybe a sexy move to sign a backup guard or a third string this guy. But guess what? In this season specifically, you knew you might have extra reasons to stack your roster, right? And you have extra spots and you're able to build the practice squad like that's where you're able to do some of these things. And it's been uh, it's been a clinic, quite frankly, from Jason Light. So shout out to him. who he, He's taken his lumps from Bucks fans, so I think they deserve to uh, to turn around and, and give him some serious love for this draft class uh, with Tristan mm-hmm. Wirfs and the Antoine Winfield Jr. And, uh, and, and overall, just some of the moves that have been made this year to facilitate this team and put them in the position they are in now. Guys, that's it. Final thoughts on today's video slash podcast. Jake, I will let you go first. I'm going to kind of reiterate what I said the other day on our, our against the spread show yesterday. Like we took a lump last week. Like Jamie and I have been, been rolling on these picks all year. It's been really good. As long as Jamie wasn't in primetime, he's been amazing. <laughs> you <laughs> want to know in primetime this week, though. That's Let's right, baby. That's right. Turn it around. Uh, I love that. But, but I think we bounced back this week. A fun game of interesting matchups. Like I looked at this and I was like, that's a bunch of blah. The more I look at it, there's some games I really like. This Raiders Chargers game, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's some good division stuff. And the Ravens-Colts, is there's going to be some storylines that come out of that, regardless of which way it goes. Uh, we're either going to know something about this Colts team, or we're going to all be back on, all right, well, the Ravens-Steelers on, thir- on Thanksgiving is going to be pretty interesting. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I wasn't when I originally looked at this slate, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Jamie, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I, we haven't talked a lot about them, but I know Jake brought them up earlier, but I'll be really intrigued to see how the, all of Houston receivers perform this week because they've had a lot of success. Will Fuller has been able, aside from the one game where he was hurt, has been able to have a lot of success this year. Brandon Cooks is having a true bounce back season. Really only has that, you know, that goose egg game against Baltimore where he was a little bit banged up, but otherwise has been really good. Randall Cobb's been getting more involved in the offense. They have found a way to make all three of those wide receivers fantasy relevant right now and I want to see if that continues and a pretty darn good matchup for that to continue a lot of people needing some help around this week and Cooks I've seen available in a lot of leagues Randall Cobb's available in most leagues Uh, so I'm excited to see how all three of those guys look Uh, and I'm also excited to see on the Colts side if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play is there another option that steps up you know Michael Pittman should be back this week they've had a couple you know Pascal's been a guy that's filled in but it feels like on this Colts team right now particularly with Jonathan Taylor banged up and not being used as much as there's almost no fantasy relevance on that team. They're all fringe guys. Like if you're in a pinch, I like Trey Burton. If you're in a pinch, you know, you can use a Naeem Hines or a Jordan Wilkins. If you're in a real pinch, you can use Phillip Rivers in, in certain matchups. But it just feels like that's a team that's pretty good. It's a team we're going to be watching play in January most likely that has very little fantasy value right now. 
my final thoughts are more to do with the state of the country than anything else. And my final thoughts are to be kind to people because I'm seeing a lot of chaos. Uh, specifically, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I live in Scottsdale and there's some chaotic moments happening for people here. And I think it's, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I think people need to take a deep breath. I think you need to be kind to other human beings. You need to realize a lot of people are volunteering their time to help our democratic system. And I don't care which way you voted. This is just a generic, please treat people nicely. Like take a deep breath, treat people nicely, spend some time with your at home, socially distance if you want, or you're with your family at home, watching some football. We're going to have some great matchups. Just take a deep breath. I think there's a lot of anxiety and animosity that's happening. And I just would like to see collectively everybody just take a deep breath. And if you want to have a screaming match, scream about football, scream at the TV, yell at Aaron Rodgers like I do to get my aggression out in a positive way. When I'm angry watching a football game, like I watched last night on Thursday night football, but just, just treat people. Well, I think that it's just, I don't really know how else to say it other than that. So just take deep breaths, we will get through this. It's a beautiful country that I think we're all very lucky to live in and uh, just treat people well. That's the final message for me on today's podcast. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And Jake? Arians NFL on Instagram. Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And if you want to yell, yell at Jamie on Twitter. <laughs> if you want to yell, yell at Jamie on Twitter. We're, listen, what a what a podcast we are. We are here uh, for the people. We are here for the people. Uh, if you want to yell, feel free to hit Jamie up. If you want to talk betting lines, feel free to hit me up. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. Please check out our podcast if you are watching this video stream by going to Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, searching for TDN Fantasy, hitting the subscribe button, hitting us up, letting us know what you like, what you don't like. We're always uh, willing to add whatever uh, the fantasy and betting community is looking for. So enjoy your weekend and be kind. That's the end of the pod. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.